It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This is Access Atlanta. Every week, we share some of the best places to eat, play, and live out loud in the ATL. And, of course, we go behind the scenes and find the stories that show Atlanta is one of a kind. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. We've changed the way we do our podcast. That means we're recording it remotely from our homes, but we've also changed what we're talking about in the podcast, since we've always prided ourselves on providing guidance on things to do in and around Atlanta, and because most venues, theaters, and attractions are closed, we're going indoors, and in some cases where it's practical, outdoors to places where it's easy to practice social distancing. This week, we'll hear from the AJC's dining editor, LaGaia Pigaris, and contributor Wendell Brock, talking about some of the interesting things that are happening on Atlanta's dining scene and how that's affecting the AJC's dining coverage. LaGaia is here to introduce that conversation. Welcome, LaGaia. Hi, Shane. Thanks for having me. So um, this sounds like a a really uh, fascinating conversation because the dining scene is, well, it's always interesting here in Atlanta, and and there are some, uh, lots of things going on. Yeah. You know, we're seeing this next wave of, of COVID and we're seeing it once again that we're going to have to to pivot a little bit, um, but that hasn't stopped um, Atlanta's restaurants or startups, um, food entrepreneurs from really plugging away. And there is a, uh, a lot of exciting action here right now. Yeah, it's interesting that, I mean... It- once the restaurant started reopening, it seems like we're we're getting a lot of new things happening. Well, we are. And you know, what's interesting too is um, we have seen the pandemic bring a lot of new faces actually to Atlanta. Um, and with them comes uh, exciting ideas in, um, you know, food concepts, whether they're, you know, a, um, a one person show or or something bigger. But um, I would say in particular, the explosion um, um, international offerings has been something that we've really seen um, in the last year and it continues to go. I mean, Wendell is enamored with some of the pop-ups and I completely agree with him, but even on the food stall side of things, um, there are some of the most delicious food happening with some of the tiniest of operations. Yeah, well, and that's great for, for the age of COVID because we can just take it out and we can sit outside and, and we don't have to be indoors in close proximity to other people. 
Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I mean, Wendell and I will be talking about some of the outdoor spaces and uh, we've continued to do our um, patio picks, which is a um, segment that we, a regular piece that we launched um, early on in uh, for summertime. And we'll, you know, we, so we've, we found some fun um, um, relaxing places to be that we know that and when you're dining out, obviously um, outdoors is, is safer than inside, but whether we're choosing that patio for the ambiance um, or sometimes the food, you know, some, in some cases, the ambiance is going to be, be better than the food, but it's been a fun summer of exploration um, in, in a variety of um, outdoor spaces that Atlanta has to offer. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Well, is there anything else we should know about the conversation before we uh, launch into it? Well, stick around and listen if you like everything from tacos to biscuits to cookies and cakes and breakfast sandwiches and banh mi's and more. Awesome. Well, with that, let's hear from uh, Lagaya and Wendell Brock about the AJC's dining coverage and the, the dining scene here in Atlanta. So I'm here with my fellow dining critic, Wendell Brock, to once again talk about the latest from the Atlanta dining scene. Wendell, hello. Great to chat with you today. Hey there. How are you today? Oh, I'm pretty good. You know, you and I are chatting at, toward the end of August here. I can't believe that summer has flown by so quickly, it seems. I know. I know. But the restaurants are still opening. The restaurants are still opening. I feel like those lazy days of summer, I didn't quite get that because you and I were eating and eating and eating more. <laughs> we have such a terrible job. I know, I know. You know, <laughs> Nobody you know, wants to hear us whine. <laughs> exactly. No, there was so much fun discovering happening this summer. And one of the projects that you and I did together, um, I had a good time at least, and that was on a, uh, a taco roundup where we were checking out some of the newer um, taco offerings around uh, greater yeah. Atlanta. There, there's always a bunch of new taco places in Atlanta. I feel like we could do this story every six months and still have a new batch. Very, new very true. Very true. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, though, um, the, the one of the places that I went to, I was so intrigued by it. I it was I was waiting expectantly, and that was Antigua Lobo. Uh, I think it's because I'm excited for seeing um, the Chambly Historic Downtown, you know, get mm-hmm. a lot of traffic. It's a fun, cutesy, um, cutesy place. And, and I did come away with a few, um, you know, recommended tacos. I mean, I like that place that they're doing house-made, you know, tortillas with the Heirloom Oaxacan blue corn. I loved the birria taco. I know that that's kind of like a you know a trendy thing, I suppose, these days in in these parts. But yeah. theirs was really terrific, and so was their fish taco. Um, yeah, how about that, you? That the owner of that place is Jesus, right? Jesus. That's right. Jesus yeah. Sonate. This, this is the, been the, the he, he's been around for a long time, and his family um, opened Monterey, I think, many years ago. So. Mm-hmm. He's been in the business and, and done, you know, some, some great places. So right. I'm, I'm not surprised to hear that. Right. Well, and, uh, and this place, you know, they sell more than tacos. And I think that's kind of one of the things that I, that I liked about it, apart from just the tacos is, yeah, he's got this multi-regional Mexican menu, but the space itself is 
um, it feels kind of right for the times and, and right for the space. It's pretty edgy and, uh, and very spunky. There's, you know, the first few weeks it was open. My gosh, the, the wait was, was quite long. So good. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, you should. you, You were talking about them having things other than tacos. That was my problem in doing the story was that there were all these other things I wanted to try <laughs> besides <laughs> tacos. Um, and you also mentioned Beria. There's one of the places I wrote about is Pretty Little Tacos at the Neapolitan mm-hmm. Row um, food, food Hall in Colony Square, which I really like the vibe of that place and the feeling of it. And they yeah. have a wonderful patio, which I think you you may be checking out soon. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, but but anyway, Pretty Little Tacos is all about birria, and she even does a, a birria ramen using you know the leftover broth. And right. so I like I like that place a lot. I, I I was so busy trying other things that I need to go back and try more of the <laughs> more of the birria <laughs> tacos with the actually you know consomme that you dip dip it in. But yeah. it's a, it's a sweet place. And then um, let's see. The, I think the most authentic tacos I had are at a place called. Tacos 1989 in Buford. It's right by the interstate, yep. right? It shares a building with a shell station. And I'm going to, if, if anybody's going there and you get off the interstate, as soon as you get off the interstate, you need to look, you need to turn into that shell station because the place is hard to see. It's kind of backed up right next to the exit ramp. But anyway, um, we Bob Townsend wrote about the owner of that place this week because he just opened El Capitan in Sandy yeah. Springs. Yes. He's also like Jesus. I think he's been in the business for a long time. And um, he his first restaurant was Mariscos Mazatlan in Duluth. And uh, but I liked his tacos and they're one of their little gimmicks is oh, uh, you know, I still don't know why, why it's called Tacos 1989, but everything cost you know, the, the call, the price ends in 89 cents. So tacos right. are, are like three eighty nine to seven eighty nine. So yeah. yeah. Get your penny, get your four pennies out when you go. Wow. There. Seven eighty nine on a taco. That's kind of pricey. They are. Yeah. Yeah. I know that that's, that was noted. Um, it, it, it is. Um, but, but, but they were good. And if you, yeah, it's, um, I'm, 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 yeah. Of the three I wrote about, that was probably I think the best food I tried. Gotcha. But but again, there's so many out there. Um, I know. You know. All up and down Memorial Drive. And uh, yeah, we could talk about taco, taco about tacos for all day. We could so talk about things that. to talk about. Yes, we do. Well, we can move on from tacos if you want to. We don't have to. No, I want to mention one because I want to mention also the space surrounding it. And that is, I was at the new Velvet Taco that's on um, Powell Mill, that's in the Interlock building that, that, you know, opened recently. And um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're fusion tacos, you know? I mean, I can't take basically a hamburger and a taco, which is their number 10, the Kobe bacon burger, exactly seriously. But I was surprised by their Nashville hot and also the fried paneer. So those are two vegetarian options. The flavors were really terrific combinations. And um, the, what else was I going to mention about that? Oh, no, I'm losing my, oh, um, 
there's a, the, what folks, so I bought a ton of tacos, right? And I'm sitting out there in the breezeway and someone comes by and they're like, oh, what are, what are you doing? And like, oh, well, we just, we just really like tacos here. And they're like, well, did you get the slow roasted Angus brisket? That's the best. And so of course, what did I do? Like, no, no let me go get that one too. <laughs> so yeah. I tried a lot. They're not, you know, it, you it's not completely tacos. serious, but but, but the flavors were good and the filling too. I would, I would say, Hey, I really felt like I was getting my money's worth with that, but you know, I mean, it's a flour taco too. So did, did you say you couldn't do a hamburger taco? No, I mean, I, it's, what I meant by that is it's, it's just a hamburger as a taco. So it wasn't groundbreaking to me. It was okay, but it's not okay. where I'm going to go. If I really want to get a do you, quality. Do you like- do you like hard shell tacos, the old fashioned tacos? Uh, I'll, I, you know what? I, I did grow. That's all we had growing up. My mom um, would get the, you know, Paso thing and yeah. the ground beef. Yeah. So no, I, that's not necessarily what I go for either. That's, I think, why I did enjoy some of what Antigua Lobo was doing with, um, yeah. with their blue corn, you know. I had so, one but, of those. I had one of those at Just Tacos, which is in Cabbage Town, and it was actually really good. It's a nostalgia thing, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, the crunchy, the crunchy. When you talk to people of a certain age, yes, the crunchy, the and the whole yeah. thing falls apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I, I like those. They, they have their place. True. So, so okay. I'm bringing up the Velvet Taco though at um, at the Interlock because of that development there. And what I did want to mention is the space inside the hotel that's new there, the Belliard Hotel, and that's Draw Bar. And I think right now spaces, particularly outdoor spaces, um, have been key for folks who are trying to dine as safely as possible. And I thoroughly enjoyed um, my time on the uh, terrace there. It, it's a great view of um, Midtown from a different, you know, spot that we would not normally see. And it's just, it, it was really beautiful. It's just a small bites menu. You're going more than anything, you're going there for, for the view, but there's a lot of, of leg room there and it was very comfortable. Okay. How is the parking there? <laughs> um, you know, yeah, actually surprisingly easy. You, okay. there, there's like a multi-story deck. So, so parking at the interlock itself, um, you're just going to drive in, you can self park and, um, you know, you're going to probably use your park mobile, um, you know, your, your phone to just, um, pay okay. and whatnot. But I found it to be, once I knew what I was doing, it was really simple. Yeah. I think the last time I zipped by there, I saw velvet tacos and I thought, well, you know, it, it, to me, it just looked like a lot of new construction. And I was like, where am I going to park if I come here? I'm glad yeah. Lagaya is doing that one. Yeah. So, <laughs> the, so you're going to, the parking, you're actually going to come in off of 14th Street um, okay. instead yeah. of like, you know, Howell Mill. You got to go around. Okay. But yeah, pretty simple. So so I'm talking about that space. Have you found other spaces that have been, um, you know, fun for you? We, we do these things. We've been doing patio picks throughout the summer with that in mind? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't thinking so much about patios today. Let me, let me think a second. Um, one new place that I, that I love that we'll probably come back to later is Lucian Books and Wine in Buckhead. Oh yeah. It's a very cool concept. It's a bookstore and a wine bar and very good food. 
Um, it's um, Jordan, who was the wine person for, um, okay, now I'm forgetting all these names. Well, that's for, okay. I mean, for, it's folks. For it's cake, folks. It cakes and ale. It cakes and ale. Um, yes. and, and, and his partner, Katie, who had a bookstore cover books. And it's just, it's a delightful, very, you know, kind of uh, beautiful design. And I was, I was, you know, asking them how they felt about people coming in and, you know, eating delicious French fries, the best French fries in town, <laughs> maybe, with, you know, with mayonnaise or whatever the dipping, and then going and looking at books. So, you know, they... <laughs> If you go in there, keep your keep your you know breezy fingers off the pretty books. Yeah, how are they gonna long. how are they gonna make sure that we don't touch the books with our dirty fingers? Well, I think you just have to you know you don't you don't have to eat French fries, or you can you can look at the you know when you first get there maybe while you're having your glass of wine you could look at books or you could look at the end at you know as you leave pick up a book right. on the way out. So that's, yeah. that's it was I was being silly, but. I have I have nice books and I don't want people touching my books with greasy there fingers. You, go. Do you want people touching <laughs> your books with greasy fingers? No. Right. No, that's <laughs> fun. That's that's a nice experiential thing. I mean, it's a um, beautiful to, place. And the yeah. food is very good. Good. I'm glad to hear it. You know, one of the experiential things that I did recently, and I'm sure that there's listeners here who are familiar with it. And even though I've been here almost six years now. I had no idea that it existed was that, that there's a restaurant on the grounds at PDK, um, DeKalb Peachtree airport. I had no idea, but it had been closed for since, you know, the start of the pandemic and it, the downwind and it reopened and what a fun time. I mean, especially as a, you know, kind of end of summer outing to sit out there on that decking and just watch airplanes come and go. And of course I'm like, Oh gosh, I haven't been able to be on an airplane for, you know, 18 months myself, but that was a fun time. Nothing groundbreaking. It's just a bar and a grill, but downwind. Have you ever been there? Um, There used to be a place out there called 57th fighter group. No, that's separate. Yeah. That's the squadron 57. That's a little bit further South um, off of, uh, off of Claremont. This is, is on the fun to go out there and watch the planes. Absolutely. It's been well, you're super up close. And they also have a playground and stuff. I was thinking if my kids were teeny tiny, I would totally be hanging out there doing even like takeout and hang out on the grounds. And yeah, it was really a delightful um, afternoon and just something different. It's not just, you know, eating and drinking, but eating, drinking and watching planes. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That sounds really fun. It was. So tell me, um, what are you? Um, actually, well, I have one nearby, right, not far away from that, that I was really tickled for, and that's Arepa Grill. I talked about them for our Atlanta orders and takeout column, of, um, I think back in April. And it's this husband and wife, Pedro and Claudia Cardenas, they're Venezuelan. And so they opened Arepa Grill inside um, uh, Plaza Fiesta a couple of years ago. And now they just opened, it opened like um, probably a week or two ago um, in the the shopping mall that's just north of Ray Del Taco on Buford Highway. But this one, you get the whole um, Arepa Grill menu that you would have at the original place, which is going to be a lot of, you know, fried food. But the new place has um, home style dishes. And I think for folks in Atlanta might not be as familiar with, like they had... um, 
pasticho, which is a Venezuelan style lasagna. So their idea is to sort of open up Atlantans a little bit to some of the global influences in Venezuelan cuisine. And that was, that's, that's pretty fun. So that just opened and I would highly recommend. I mean, it's again, it's fast casual and stuff, but there are a few menu items like the pasticho. They have a grill plate that's really nice. Um, they also have a, a, a salo negro, which is this braised beef dish. And um, yeah, and, oh, and churros too. Churros are different. Theirs is like long, slender. You get like a dozen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they drizzle them with chocolate and Nutella. Okay. That's a good uh-huh. find. Yeah. So is South American food a thing now? It seems like we're, we're, I'm seeing so much more South American food and wine. And you were, you, you asked me about patios and I went blank, but one place I recently read about is El Vineto Local. Uh-huh. It's okay. on Peach Tree near the Fox. And the yep. chef, the chef um, is from Uruguay and uh, it's all South American wines and they, they do empanadas and empanadas was kind of where I was going with this. Empanadas seem to be a theme, especially mm-hmm. on the North side. There's a place that I just wrote about today um, called Besties. Uh-huh. And it's a woman from, it's a very cute place and a cute idea. The woman is from Argentina and her husband is from Belgium. So they do empanadas and Belgian waffles. Yes. <laughs> Which when I ask her what the, where the name comes from, you know, what does besties yeah. mean? She was like, oh, empanadas and waffles are best friends. And also oh, she and her husband are best friends. It's a, but I got to tell you, I've been, so I've been eating a lot of empanadas. I really liked hers. They're, they're do you? It's an Alpharetta. But, but the Argentinian beef empanada with the olives in it, they don't always put olives in the beef empanadas. It depends on where you're from, but hers are fantastic. It's that, you know, uh, buttery, flaky, crispy crust. And uh, I'm going to have to try. Very happy with that place. That's a really interesting question where you say, you know, um, this influx of of South American cuisine, because I recently wrote about Pastille Bakery and she... Yes. That's the Peruvian American pastry chef. Um, she had her bakery in Lima in Peru and COVID sort of forced her to close it down. So she came to Atlanta to live with her sister, who's a pediatrician and um, they live in um, Sandy Springs. And so she's starting as, you know, a cottage business there. Um, but, and so she'll do, she, I mean, she's, she's French trained. You know, she has, you know, her, so, so she's trained as a pastry chef um, and will do some of the classical um cakes and, and pastries that we might be familiar with, but I was intrigued by her um, Peruvian offerings, or at least ones that you might see typical in Latin America, but, but that would have um, a more um, typical of Peru. So when I ordered her alfajores, which are like butter cookies, and then they get um, uh, dulce de leche filling. So it's a sandwich cookie. And yeah, she'll also yeah, offer them dish. They have those at besties. Oh, oh my gosh, alfajores, that's a thing. Yes. And so we got that. And also I would highly recommend her 12-inch lime pie. And she does it, you know, different. Like we might think of key lime pie. Hers is distinct with this lime cream. And then she's got a Swiss meringue. And that was terrific. And, you know, I'm now that you're talking about... Um, um, 
Latin American. I, I feel like there was one other one recently that. But, um, yeah, there, I mean, there are probably several more, but one that's worth worth mentioning is Belen de la Cruz. Um, she started an empanada store in Johns Creek, and she she's since. And she, she started it during the pandemic. She's since opened one in Marietta and she's about to open one at um, Chattahoochee Food Works. And okay. what she's doing is really similar to Besties. It's, it was an, it's intriguing to me. They're both Argentinian. They're both doing empanadas. And Besties started as a, um, it was mail order. She, would, she was selling frozen empanadas and waffles and shipping them all over the country. And she said her, Friends and customers want, you know, they want to see a face. They wanted to have a place where they could go pick up their empanadas and their waffles. So she ended up, I'm sort of going on, off on a, <laughs> a tangent here, but it's, it's, it's just interesting to me that we're seeing so much of that. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Well, yeah, what I um, am seeing so much of too, and maybe this is just um, the times are right for, you know, one person operations, very thinky, you know, micro businesses, but yeah, among these, sure. there are so many that are involving um, baked goods. I, and I know that you wrote about, yeah. who's the biscuit guy? Talk, yeah. talk about the biscuit guy. Yeah, okay. His name is Todd Tharp, and he makes biscuits once a week, always on Sundays. Um, you have to order in advance um, and pick them up at the little window in Inman Park. It's where Queen of Cream also sells their ice cream. It's a community kitchen. I think Sarah Dodge also bakes out of that kitchen. But anyway, he's he um, he's a he's a he's a tech guy. But he got interested in food a few years ago, and he talked his wife into letting him go to New York to study at the French Culinary Institute. Then he worked at a, a a good restaurant in New York City, and then he worked at Watershed in Decatur when Scott Peacock was there. But interestingly, he did not make the biscuits at, at Watershed. But um, he 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 tells a story all the time. He his wife had twins, and you know he he they he, his wife needed help, so he he has not been a chef since he left Watershed in two thousand eight. But more recently, he was on a road trip with these his dad and I guess they were somewhere in the South and his dad started telling about his grandmother who made biscuits and she would um, poke a hole in them. She lived in Mississippi. She would poke a hole in the biscuits and fill them up with melted butter and honey. And he just loved that story. And, you know, felt like that that's what he'd been looking for. So he started this little once a week biscuit um, company and they're so good. They're so he's so pure in everything he does. His jams are. I I think you make jam too, Lagaya. I just saw some uh, fig jam. I think I on did. I just social media. I, I mean, oh. I have ten <laughs> jars of jam, all from figs raised in my grown in my yard. Amazing. I made fig jam this year too. Oh. Yeah, but it's a real. It's a southern thing. But you said you were also growing figs in St. Louis. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we, well, yeah. we, we try, well, but we, well, you know what, if we would harvest like five, that was just a precious thing. It's just not the same growing type of, uh, um, conditions. So, and it's harder, yeah, you really got to cover them during winter time and, and that kind of thing. And down here there, yeah, the, the weather yeah. this year was terrific for, for, yeah. for figs. Well, yeah, absolutely. But just to kind of wrap up about Hutchinson's, yeah. Hutchinson's finest biscuits and his jams are just so beautiful. And he he's really inspired by this famous French jam maker, Christine mm -hmm. 
Berber. And I mean, you know, I've been doing jam for a long time, but the thing about his is they don't, it, it, it's like eating fresh summer fruit. They're, they're not overcooked, not over sugar, not over processed. And he did this layered um, peach and blueberry, you know, and, the, and I, the, the layers were actually distinct, you know. They oh, did that's beautiful. That sounds beautiful. So beautiful. And it, t- I mean, you know, you could, it was in one of those little tiny jam jars and you could, you know polish that off pretty oh that's cool. so fun <laughs> okay. his buttermilk biscuits and there's also been some discussion a little bit of discussion about the shape of his biscuits somebody on twitter one of our dear colleagues <laughs> pointed, out, pointed out that i said his biscuits are square and that she thought they were roundish <laughs> um, he does in fact cut his biscuits in circles but some of the, the ones he makes with, with cheddar cheese, they tend to spread and they, they do kind of turn into squares. So they're a little, you know, you can, picky, it's picky, open picky. interpretation and I don't think that important much because <laughs> they taste really good. And I like, I like square biscuits. So the ones I got were more squarish, but point well. I t- like biscuits <laughs> any way they're cut. <laughs> I know you do. That's you like figs and you like biscuits. So, so I have an, a, a baking discovery too that I just um, tasted it yesterday for the first time. I'm still thinking about it. And I would go every morning. If I lived down the street, I would be there every single day for this. And that is the breakfast sandwiches at Kinship Butcher and Sundry. So they just opened a week ago um, in the heart of Virginia Highland. And yes. this is like a one-stop shop, you know, butcher shop, coffee bar, grocery store. They have exactly one menu item in terms of a kitchen item, and that is a breakfast sandwich. And they make them until they sell out, basically. I mean, they're, you know, and, and until they, they run out of ingredients to make them. I know that last weekend they were they were able to make 100 before it's like, that's it. And they, they were out of them by um, 10 o'clock in the morning. So let me tell you why they're so awesome. The bread comes from Vivian Lee and she has been doing pop-ups around Atlanta. But now we just got news that she's going to be opening a brick and mortar. It's going to be an Avondale estate. And the name of her business is Lefty Leeds. So they use her um, um, milk buns. And then, so on this airy puffy bun, you have house-made breakfast sausage because they're in there grinding their own, you know, meat there. It is the butcher shop. Then you've got the scrambled egg. You've got the Thomasville tomato cheese, arugula, a little bit of Duke's mayo. It is so good. So you can get it with just one protein. You can get it with two, so the sausage or biscuit. Um, and then you can uh, also just call for double of everything. So it's piled high. Wendell, I mean, it is oh, well, I'll try mouth watering. Watch out. So breakfast sandwiches at kinship butcher and sundry definitely worth it well since we're talking about biscuits we're talking about breakfast sandwiches i should mention that uh zeb stevenson at uh redbird is doing a biscuit pop pop up on the weekends Mm -hmm. and um he makes very good biscuits and fills them with things like uh, fried chicken and honey and uh, i tried those recently and I, i i think he's definitely worth checking out I was, yes. I was a little taken with Hutchinson's because it's brand new, but right. uh, try, it's called, it's Biscuit Birdie or yeah, something like that. Yes. And I Red think Burn. that that he sort of um, did a, the addition during, during the pandemic, 
he kind of turned yes. that front um, breezeway area into like there's a the bar outside, and then you open his little window, and that his window yeah. um, that um, meets up with the kitchen is where you order the biscuits, if I'm not mistaken. That's exactly right. It's called yeah. Birdie Biscuits. Yes. Saturdays, Saturdays and Sundays from eleven to two. That's great. Re That's recommended great. for sure. Okay. So um, I guess those are some of my hits from um, from this hot summer. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Do you want to talk about some some of the yes? Yeah. I mean, if 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 we have time for one more hit, I just think it's a, a very cool place, and it, I, I got a great response to this story. Okay, go it's, talk about it's it. A, Tell it's a it's a ten dollar lobster ban me oh okay um, which sounds too good to be true but it's actually delicious it's um that's the name of the restaurant as well lobster ban me and you can probably see the owner's orange um mercedes suv lobster colored suv parked right out front but they're really good she's from vietnam i talked to her for a long time and she's making traditional ban me um there may be 15 different kinds, but she says she's making the ones that she remembers the nuns making at her Catholic school in Saigon before the, before the war. So they're the real thing. And one thing that, um, you know, we, we, people, it's like, Oh, lobster. Does it have a lot, a lot of lobster in it? You know, well, it's not, it's not a $30 lobster roll. You can get double meat for, I believe it's $5 extra. So $15, lobster mammy, but she made a point and it's true. And I did some research on this. A traditional classic mammy is gonna be like a salad. I mean, tons of herbs and, and cucumber and vegetables in it. Right. So, you know, if you're a purist about your mammies, you don't have to load it overflowing with lobster, but also <laughs> the crab was very good and the prices are amazing. I don't know how she does it, but she's she's really on to something and she's it's very worth checking out she also does a, a classic french style with with the the pate and the the ham and all that that's just delicious so that's a, okay, that was so a great summer find and it feels wow. so you and i are talking at like 10 30 in the morning and now i'm ready for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> well let's go go on let's go yeah so um should we talk about where we would go now because there's a pandemic going on and how oh, no, where would we go? How our coverage is being affected? Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, I I feel like this this latest um, surge, the Delta variant, has kind of put a dent in in some of our of our plans. And uh, you know, you and I had had thought that we'd maybe be able to go back to our restaurant reviewing in September. And it looks like that's really gonna have to, to wait as we get things um, a little bit more um, under control here. Yeah, understandable. I mean, yeah, I, I, so, I so you know, for yeah. readers who do um, read closely, we've been doing the takeout column since pandemic first started and, and um, the Atlanta orders in and we've decided we're gonna keep that up. Um, it's a periodic one, but it's still, it, people are doing, you know, takeout and we're still going to do our patio picks. Outdoor is a great and safer way to, to dine out. And, um, and yeah, we're just going to have to hold off a little bit on, on restaurant reviews. I mean, the conditions just aren't, aren't right, I think. And we all know too, that restaurants, um, staffing is still a big, um, issue. Menus are still, um, 
perhaps tighter than some than they might otherwise be. And even hours of operation uh, continue to, to, to be um, briefer for um, some places that just aren't, you know, um, all fully staffed. Yeah, and you, I mean, I, I, I saw a place, I don't know if I need to, to name it, but they, they, you know, you see places just closing kind of randomly, like we need a break. You know, That's right. We're so understaffed. There's a pandemic going on. You know, we were <laughs> we were dining in, and now we don't feel comfortable doing that. So we're we're gonna we're taking it we're taking a breather. You know, for right. one day. Right. Uh, and I yeah, I think that's understandable. And yeah. um, and in the meantime, we you know there's <laughs> there, Atlanta does not lack for um, uh, places to 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 eat. So we can let somebody somebody can have a break <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah, now, as, as we're, we are talking in the, in the middle of all this, we continue to see so many places open. I mean, I've got quite the, a laundry list. And when we were mentioning about um, uh, Politan Road at Colony Square, that new food hall, Chattahoochee Food Works, I mean, just going to some of these places alone, you can go back multiple times <laughs> Um, to, to check out what's going on. And, and I would say, Wendell, you tell me if you agree, but I'm excited for some of these food halls. These are not, it's not where we saw a few years ago when um, a smaller food hall would open up and it's the same names that we are already familiar with in Atlanta. These are, it's a real diverse um, slate of, of uh, vendors. And some yeah. of them, you know, this is their their first time um, yes. business. I mean, these are some of them. Are, yeah, they're brand new businesses. That's a very good point, and I applaud that. I mean, it's obvious that the the developers or you know the people who curate the food businesses are really trying hard to be diverse and to bring in new new voices, if you will. Right. Uh, so I I think that's wonderful. You do see a lot of that at Chattahoochee Food Works and at Politan yeah. uh, Road. Sure. And, and, and I, the other thing too is um, at some of these virtual restaurants, the cloud kitchens, I mean, the barrier to entry is so much less. You're just renting out one space, um, you know, in a larger compound with the support of, you know, the, um, the whoever is, you know, overseeing it, like the cloud kitchen or the prep kitchen people. And um, one that I'm pretty excited, I mean, I cannot order enough from the 800 Forest Street, where the, the in Midtown is, there is that, you mentioned um, South American, the Brazilian pizza place is finally open. And I think right now it's still doing by third party delivery only. So you can't order directly from their website. You have to go through, say, Uber Eats, mm -hmm. um, DoorDash, that kind of thing. But I mean, we I don't know that we've had Brazilian style pizza in Atlanta before. If we have, I'm not familiar. But for folks who don't know, it's like, Brazilian is both, they can be savory, they can be sweet. They're offering a Nutella pie. And it's the kind that you eat with um, a knife and a fork. And these are the kinds of places where um, I feel like we're getting exposed to some um, cuisine and deeper, uh, well, aspects of the cuisine that we are not, we have not been as familiar with. It just hasn't been around because there wasn't, if you didn't have the money to open a big brick and mortar, you couldn't, you know, um, showcase that kind of thing. Yeah, and, and I, I talked a, a lot about this last time, but there there's so many pop-ups and it's it's kind of the same thing. And we also have so many new breweries that need, you know, food vendors. So there's, there's this kind of um, 
if, if you look, there's a, there's a guy on Instagram who I should look him up and tell people the name, but he tracks all the pop-ups every weekend. He does it by inside the perimeter and outside the perimeter. And if you read that list, I mean, I was looking at it. There's somebody who's doing Jamaican Chinese food, you know? So there's this, all this stuff and it is related to the pandemic pandemic and the economy and um yeah big yeah just it's kind of it's something something's happening but I, I it took me a while to figure out well there are all these breweries and they need food so you see you see a lot of cool matchups between the breweries and the pop right right well and you know the last trend that i just want to um toss out there that we're going to be watching because so many have come in and there are more coming soon is this plethora of hotel, restaurant, yeah, and bars, yeah, because right. there's all these new hotels that have come in. And I think what'll be interesting, I mean, I truly have on my list, no less than eight um, new hotels with dining concepts in Metro Atlanta. So, you know, the most recent in, in terms of opening just opened in the last um, couple months and going in through all the way in November, that's a heck of a lot. And I think that we know some, well, I would just say historically, I've not always been impressed with um, the food coming out of um, <laughs> hotel restaurants, but some of these I think could be um, really exciting. So we'll, we'll sort of keep our finger on that pulse. Yeah. So just, uh, um, I had mentioned the guy who does the, the pop-up um, list. It's a list. He does it every weekend. Um, I think Friday, maybe Saturday and Sunday. But anyway, if you're interested in that, and it's kind of if, take a look at it because the because the depth and breadth of it is kind of amazing. Um, and it, it goes way outside the perimeter too. To, um, but it, his name is punkfoodie.atl. Punkfoodie.atl on Instagram. His name awesome. is Sam. his name's Sam. Number one punk. That's all we know about him. I think there's a story <laughs> there. Okay, <everybody laughs> I don't know go, how he keeps up with it all or who is contact. Everybody go check out Sam. <laughs> Pretty brilliant. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, Wendell, cool. I think we have uh, given them um, a fair amount of ideas on where they can have some uh, dining adventures. And um, I think so I will... too. It was really fun. We should do this more often. Yes, we should. No, that sounds great. <laughs> the all stream right. of consciousness. <laughs> yes. Yes. Stream of consciousness questions. eating. <laughs> That sounds good. That sounds good. Whether you're having a square biscuit or a <laughs> circular you. biscuit, we wish you many um, tasty adventures. <laughs> That's right. And remember, it doesn't rem- it doesn't matter if the biscuit is round or square. It really doesn't matter as long as it's a good biscuit. That's right. Those are wonderful parting <laughs> words. Hey, Wendell, it's okay. great to talk with you. I'll great chat with you next you. time. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you. Georgia will be the production home to the third film currently dubbed Creed III. In a sense, the first two Creed films, which came out in 2015 and 2018 respectively, are in the same universe as the original Rocky series. Both use Rocky Balboa as an aging but still compelling character, a key to turning Apollo Creed's son into a boxing champ. Now Creed III is starting production in Georgia. The Georgia Film Office recently posted the film as an active production on its website. Keep up with all the latest news on what's filming in Georgia, including the Wedding Crashers sequel, on Rodney Ho's radio and TV talk blog at AJC.com. 
Using nearly 3.5 million documents from the National Archives and Records Administration, Ancestry.com has put together what it claims is the most comprehensive digital index of records from what's known as the Freedmen's Bureau, the federal agency charged with helping millions of Southern black people adjust to lives of freedom after the Civil War. While the original handwritten bureau records have been available and digitized by the National Archives and genealogy resources such as FamilySearch for years, even trained historians found the records difficult, if not confounding, to search because of the labyrinthian way they were organized by topic and location. Find out more in Rosalind Bentley's story on AJC.com. Kelsey Grammer is a legendary figure in TV, film, and stage. His role as comically neurotic Fraser Crane on Cheers and Fraser now indelibly etched in sitcom history. At age 66, Grammer still has plenty of sway in Hollywood. Besides rebooting Frasier next year for Paramount+, Plus, he single-handedly took a script by an Atlanta restaurateur with no Hollywood connections or experience and helped turn it into a movie. Grammer's embrace of Charming the Hearts of Men, a light romantic drama set in 1964, opened doors for OK Cafe owner Susan DeRose she otherwise might not have cracked. Read the rest of the story, including Rodney Ho's interviews with Grammer and DeRose on the radio and TV talk blog at AJC.com. The Atlanta Symphony Orchestra has announced that all audience members must be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 or show a negative test to attend upcoming performances. The policy goes into effect September 1st. The ASO's new season begins Thursday, September 9th with Robert Spano at the Baton conducting Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Also planned for that evening is Beethoven's Fifth Piano Concerto to be performed by pianist Garrick Olson. The ASO is just the latest in a long list of venues and organizations instituting safety protocols. Keep up with all the latest announcements on AJC.com. To get the AJC delivered or to subscribe to the e-paper, go to AJC.com slash subscribe. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. The podcast is edited by Tyson Horn. The theme music is by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin, and I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Oh,